No, 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 no. I I treat I treat outside like a hallway. I I, Bro, I use it to I'm get not, to where I'm going. I'm not mad at that. But I don't linger I'm not outside mad. at all. I'm not mad. Well, at what all. about the whole we got the oak tree and we're Getting shade That's a metaphor. Once again, <laughs> now I can talk about. There's lots of things that I can talk. Man. Yeah, I can yeah. talk about fighting. Right, yeah. I've, I've I've got boxing uh, analogies for days. There that. it goes. I I haven't been in a fight since seventh grade. Welcome to the For Atlanta podcast, where our purpose is to be the place to inspire you to learn and love Atlanta even more than you thought you could. My name is Terrence. And I am Pepe. Pepe the goat. <laughs> Y'all, uh, we are so excited because today we have an amazing episode for you. Uh, my main man, John O., uh, who is a pastor, who is a faith leader, a doctoral student. Uh, Low-key superb athlete. Superb you'll athlete. Hear about. <laughs> a businessman. Like, this man is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm so excited that you get a chance to hear from one of our, our friends uh, today. But before we jump into that, I mean, we may as well talk about what business and organization that we are for, because we do this every episode. And so I think it's only right that today's highlight actually be Portrait Coffee. Yep. Uh, so Portrait Coffee is, uh, and Pay, you can speak more to this in just a moment if you if yeah. you want to. Portrait Coffee is an incredible uh, coffee company here in Atlanta, based in the West End of Atlanta, which started a couple of years ago, I believe. And uh, last year really took their business to another level where they retail coffee and a number of other things. And they have plans for a coffee shop that will happen in the West End. But their whole story uh, is pouring a new narrative yeah. for coffee and uh, just what that means to that community in West End and, and all, all over the world. Um, Pay, you got anything to add to yeah, that? Yeah, you'll hear a lot more about this in the episode, but... Just the way they started, the exact timing even of when they really launched and how this plays into such a larger conversation of racial reconciliation that is so needed in our community and particularly that community in Atlanta. Um, it's just a really cool story and, you know, I... If you haven't tried their coffee, I think it's it's much more than just a cup of joe in the morning. You need to <laughs> try it and experience it, experience it, but then also just kind of bask in what the story is itself of the company. Seriously. Good people, great narrative, incredible uh, story there, and incredible work. That is being hap- that is being done in the West End. Yes. Uh, so you can follow them at Portrait Coffee, P O R T R A I T Coffee, uh, on Instagram. Uh, so go on over and, and follow them today. We believe that your life will be greatly enhanced mm. by uh, having Portrait Coffee be a part of your life. Um, speaking of parts of our lives, this does not connect anywhere, but we should probably get into the episode right now with Jono. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the For Atlanta podcast, where our hope is that you would learn and love Atlanta more than you thought you ever could. My name is Terrence. And I am Peyton. And Peyton and I today have an amazing guest for you, our good friend, 
I mean, this man is, you know, I'm talking about like a unicorn for real. Like not in the sense of, yes. you know, we, we joke around and say that people from Atlanta are unicorns because right. you don't really meet much of them. But nah, for real. Our guest today, John Owacheka, is a for real unicorn. You're talking about uh, faith-based uh, pastor. He's a business owner. He's an author. He's a doctoral student. Right. This brother right here is family man. Yeah, family man. Like Husband, he, dad. He has the sauce, uh, ladies right. and gentlemen. If you don't know the what the sauce goat. is, the sauce is eternal. <laughs> the drip is not. He has the sauce. Oh, man, so, I appreciate this y'all, brother, man. You too kind. Welcome, man. Thank you, Welcome man. to the Four Atlanta Podcast. Glad to be here, man. Yes, sir, bro. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. sir. We're glad yeah. to have you here, man. And I'm excited about, like, you... Our relationship, like yeah. what is happening, the partnerships. I'm excited about what you're part of, what you got going on, bro. Right. Um, and so for our listeners who may not know you, may not know much about you, you know, would you share who you are and a little bit about even how you got to Atlanta? Well, first of all, do the listeners have a sense of like what this room is? <laughs> is like, <laughs> I don't you know, got so, the bro. fluorescent, like, come on, like. LED purple. <laughs> Listen, bro. it's really more of an indigo than a purple. <laughs> Sitting for behind the wall. No, no, the vibe here is is great. Come on, yeah. bro. It's all relaxing. Yeah, man. You know. Um. So yeah, my name's John, and uh, I do all of those things, right? So um, I'm husband of Chandra. We've been married about 14 years. Wow. Uh, we got a four year old Ava. Ava. Yeah, she's Eight. she's great. Uh, we hope to add to our family, okay. but right now, you know, we're like, yo, things yeah, are good, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, You're yeah, speaking yeah. into existence. Yeah, yeah. right. There's yeah. time, bro. There's yeah. time. Yeah, yeah it's um, time. So how I got to Atlanta, uh, me and Chandra, uh, I met Chandra right after my last year of college. You know, two years from the day that I met her. Wow. We're married. Wow. In Denton, Texas, part of a church plant there. And, um, yeah, like, one of the things that I say about my life or our lives is, like, my wife is, like, a big vision. We can do this and this. I'm not that so much as much as I just am strategically reactive. Gotcha. Uh So, like, where I am is where I am. Yeah. And then every so often I look up and I say, yo, I think there's a need there. Maybe I have some of what it takes to meet that need. But I really think like my big gift, right? So you listed all of those things. And it's like my big gift is like I know how to build a team, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good gift. I don't know what to do with them. Right. So it's like (laughs) I don't know what to do with them. I just know how to build a team. Get everybody in the room and then find the right person in the room saying, All right, we here. What do we do? And so that was the case. Like there was a group of us that were part of this mm. team yeah. that was directed and we felt a need and a burden to plant a church in a place where by God's grace, we would hopefully be able to reproduce that elsewhere. So yeah. uh, we decided in December 20, December 2007 to move to Atlanta. And so over the next 18 months, 25 of us from Denton, Texas prepared and made the move here. So 25 of us moved to Atlanta in 09 in the midst of the economic downturn and touched base here 
And by God's grace, we started a church, Blueprint Church, that's still in downtown to this day. And yeah, things went well. And it was the same thing, right? Just kind of it heals dug in deep sure. where we were. And then it was like looked up and I saw, you know, one of my best friends, Richard Mullen, at work in the West End. So years ago, Richard moved to the West End. And and this is back before this is West End before the breweries and the belt line. Yeah, right. So yeah, that West End yeah. that nobody wanted to go yeah. to. Richard and a group of folks moved to the West End and I just saw uh just uh the amazing change that could take place if you take ordinary people, put them into a context, mm. they care about the context, and they don't hide the fact that they're Christian and they like faith. So they just came in and it's like, no, like we want to serve. And the reason why we want to serve is because, you know, our religion is really about a God who gave good gifts to us, had zero obligations. Yeah to us, mm-hmm. but made himself obligated to us and served not just to his last breath, but with his last breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he rose from the grave and yeah. said, yo, listen, everybody that wants to follow in my footsteps, uh, y'all don't have to treat death as a cul-de-sac. Hmm. It's actually a through street onto glory. Uh, yeah. So it changed the way that, that they live. Yeah. And they uh. said, oh, we want to use our lives for something special. And so if there's something more, then we don't have to create heaven on earth here. There's one waiting for us. So let's not spend the best of ourselves trying to make life as good as we can for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Let's spend the best of our time to make it better for somebody else. And let's choose a community in Atlanta that nobody wanted to go to at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I say Nobody like, right? It's not hyperbole. Like right. ten years ago, when they got there, like he moved in on a street where literally it's twenty homes on the street. Fifteen of the homes are vacant, right? Wow. So mm-hmm. nobody, and you, you had a group of folks that moved in there, and and they just kind of served, and it was just, you know, just slow, yeah, unimpressive, good work. Mm. And that seed like started to sprout into this little tree bud. And me and Chandra, my wife, um, I get back from some extended time I spent in D.C. And we looked up and we were just drawn like, yo, this is dope. Yeah. Mm. It's a place in town, too, where it's like, no, oh, look, like all of our friends, um, since nobody really wants to live here, houses are cheap. Yeah. And so people can get in and uh, imagine this you can choose where you want to live not based on the amenities of the community but but based on the people that you want to live next to yeah. so for us it's like man when when i grew up sorry and i know this is this is the extended scenic route good, right how we got here yeah when i grew up one of the things we all lamented was we grew up in neighborhoods with people that we loved to spend time with, and then our parents would have to move away, yeah. or their parents would yeah, have yeah. to move away. Yeah. But now it's like, no, we're the parents, yo. Like, oh, snap. We can determine we where are. we live, yeah. and our grid was right, team, people, right? Yeah. That the team that you play with is more important than the field that you play on. Wow. So it's like, yo, so... 
we all we sold our house on the east side, moved over to the west side, and just said, "Let's join in with this once again." Yeah, I know how to build a team. I don't know what to do, <laughs> but it's like, yo, I want to be a part of the team. Yeah, Rich, what do you think are the roles? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was out of that team planted a church uh, there in the West End. So it's the church that I still pastor with the team to this day. And we called it Cornerstone Church mm-hmm. because we felt like um, if we were joining into a rebuilding project, a cornerstone is the first stone that's laid, right? Mm-hmm. You put that stone down and it helps to align all the rest of the stones that you line out. And so oh, we man. felt yeah. like in the development of the community, um, the spiritual component was important and it should come first for us. But a cornerstone is not the only stone. That's right. Right. A community like Mm -hmm. the West End, it needs churches, but it needs more than churches. Yes. And so as time goes on, same thing. Like, I just kind of want to make sure people are in the room and they stay in the room. And if they're in the room and they Mm -hmm. stay in the room, right? Yo, yo, yo. It's like hot coals, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't cook, but I can grill. Yeah. There it is. And one of the things that I know is like, nah, nah, like, look. All right, there's this rogue coal. It's not going to get hot. It's not going to do much. Mm. If I can just keep the coals together, some of that heat will rub off. Yeah. And we did that in the church. And out of that, people started to learn like, yo, you like this. I like this. Mm. I see this problem. You see this. What are we going to do? And yeah, businesses have started out of the church. And wow. yeah, so a few years ago, it was, uh, yeah, I was loved coffee and it's like there was another black dude in the church who really loved coffee and folks in our church was like yo do you know there's another black dude in the church that loves coffee <laughs> and when you say love you mean like love love yeah yeah that's a difference because yeah, some yeah. people you know they, I, love, I like my Starbucks yeah, yeah. Like, like, no no right. no and it's, it's like different. nah you come to my crib and yeah, it's yeah. like you see the love right yeah. and so they're like man y'all should Right, talk, right? Because yeah. how rare is this? Yeah. And, <laughs> and we started to talk. And out of those conversations and those friendships, it was just like, yo, this is this is a dope team. Yeah. You know, we talked about trying to do a uh, coffee there in the West End for a minute. And then it was like, yo, this is a, a dope team. And, and it's like, all right, yo. Let's start this team. All right, you can be on the team, and you, and you, and you. And I got the team, and it's like, all right, I've done what I do. I got the team. <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. And out of that, yeah, started Portrait. And so all of these things that I've done, so from pastoring to yeah. family, right, to mm. Portrait Coffee, yeah. to writing books, like everything I've done that's been of any substance or worth, I've been able to do because I've been part of a team. So, yeah. I want to pull, can I pull from that team really fast? Yeah. I'm going to go backwards and I'm going to loop it back. Do it. Come on. Hey, it's all good. (laughs) I love that you keep using the word team. And obviously the people around you are so important. You can't move the needle unless you have the right people in place around you that want to work within the same context, same mission as you. So, Reeling back a little bit. Come on. Legend has it. Legend. Legend. Yeah. 
And if you're in the room and can see, John, this is this is not surprising when I ask this. Legend has it that you were a walk-on basketball player at Baylor. Yeah, all right. Can you first confirm or deny this? So Claim. let me let me <laughs> clarify. All Please. Right. So I was in this unique. So it's like for two years at Baylor, I was a you know walk-on practice player. Mm-hmm. So practice player is the unique. Uh, purgatory of mm, college basketball right. yep. where it's like no like yeah do i still have my practice jersey and my adidas pro models and <laughs> some of the game shorts to show that i was really really a part absolutely yeah did i spend two years running every sprint that the guys <laughs> did in practice taking charges right <laughs> running stairs when yeah. cats failed yeah. yeah 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 classes absolutely did i ever suit up and play in a game absolutely not <laughs> Rit, huh? so it's that type hey. of thing where I it's like, like it. all right for two years it's yeah. like all right you're there wow. you're a part of it like um a few years ago and one thing that i loved about coaches there was a few years ago Baylor got its first number one ranking Mm. and so they print it out on this nice like card stock and they mail it out to everybody that ever been involved in Mm -hmm. the program and so those types of things are special so national champions yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, no no the culture that they dude yeah had there's crazy it's amazing yeah and they put a whooping. Yeah. I know. Oh, I wasn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> they even put a whooping. Yeah. That seems to have shaped you a lot, especially just even, I mean, because obviously if you were a, uh, in that practice right. basketball role, then you had grown up. Uh, I mean, you don't just like walk on and you're an athlete like right. that. So sure, you probably Team, involved yeah. in athletics. Yeah. I don't know. That seems to have shaped you even to the point of all the verbiage you use and how you talk about today like the teams that you're on like at you know from just a fellow athlete too like yeah. you just learn those intangible things i'm curious just how that shaped you yeah continually. so you you learn like so as i look back on my life you know i've always played sports mm. i've always been parts of teams and you just start to see the things that can be accomplished, yes. the relationships and the bonds that are formed when yeah. people work together. And so it's like, as I look on back on my story, mm. right, more than just like team, is like if I ever if I ever wrote a memoir of my life, it would be friendship. Like my mm. story is uh. a life of friendship. That if wow. you really want to know who I am, then I would start with um my brothers that helped shape me. I would mm-hmm. start with, you know, Uche Chima, Ike, Chimdi, my cousins. Mm-hmm. And then I would move on to, um, yeah, Jamin, Matthew Smith, people that I grew up yeah. in church with and spent my whole life. And then I moved to John and Cody in middle school. And then I mm-hmm. moved to Alan Collins, Mike, Bola, uh, Matt in high school. And then I move on to, yeah, Richard, Moochie, Nathan in wow. college. And then I move on to, and just on and on and on. And then now it's like, oh, no, nah, if you really want to know me, then you, yeah, got to know Rich, got to know Joe, mm-hmm. Keith, Dave, Kellum. And so it's like wherever you place me in my life, like I, I could tell the story of my life through 
the relationships that I've had. And I've seen it as such a blessing as I look backwards that it's like, oh, my future, like what I saw in hindsight, I want to make sure that like that's the perspective that I have as I look at life through the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the people that God has placed around Mm. me? That's so good. Wow. But I think that, I mean, that's key. You know, if you 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 have to have people in your life right. that are that provide that support. Right. But also the ones that are there with you in the good times and the bad times. Right. And the ones that challenge you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. realistically, you need somebody to say, hey man, you've been stupid. Right. right. Now. right? Like yeah. you, you've been stupid and you need to figure out we, we could do it together. Right. But I just need you to know right now mm-hmm. that ain't it. And I've been blessed with those kind of friends. <laughs> So all of my friends, I'm telling you, I don't know if that's a gift or a curse, but my friends had no problem telling me that I'm stupid. (laughs) They keep you humble, bro. Right. right, They keep you humble. You start smelling yourself a little bit. They be like, hey, man. I know. You need to get it together. No. For real, for real. Uh, (laughs) So you you have all these things going on, man. And, And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you wear all these hats. Yeah. Right? And... In one of our previous conversations, one yeah. of the things that I appreciated about you was, A, we talk about the West End, mm-hmm. right? The West End, you mentioned some of this earlier, like the West End is undergoing gentrification, right? Right. And so when I moved to Atlanta in 2005, yeah. there was a hesitancy to oh, live yeah. in the West End, right? Uh-huh. But now there's bidding wars <sighs> to be in the West End. Like and crazy. so, <laughs> And so... Even just having seen all of that and how it's developed over time, yeah. how has that shaped your perspective in terms of like portrait coffee and yeah. what y'all bring to the community and what you hope to accomplish with portrait coffee within the community? Okay. Um, portrait coffee, uh, again, and I just have to, when, whenever we talk, I have to give the yeah, elevator pitch. All yeah, right. yeah. And this is just a metaphor that helps people get coffee systemic injustice, the reality of what mm. we fight against in our mission. Yeah, I moved to Atlanta in 09 to help plant the church. When I moved here, I started to ride MARTA, the train, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just want to learn the city. Yeah. And sometimes I'd get on the train to go nowhere in particular, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. amazing the things that you see when you don't yep. have, have a destination. Yep. So I would ride the train from the south, to the north, so from airport stations to North Springs. And here's what I would see. As I would go from south to north, two things would change. The inside of the train would change. Mm. So with each stop that you go up north through like Lakewood, uh, West End, downtown, Peachtree Center, all the way up through Art Center and North Springs, the further that you go north, the more and more black and brown folks get off the train and the more and more white folks get on the train. Mm. Um, But then I saw that the outside of the train changed in the same way. So the Mm. further that you would go north, the more the economic conditions, not just would improve, but they would skyrocket. Mm. So literally, black and brown people are getting off the train before they take advantage of the economic opportunities of a city that they helped build. Wow. Yeah. And being in coffee, I found out, oh, snap, if you take the steps in the coffee supply chain, and overlay that with the MARTA stops, it's the exact same thing. Wow. Coffee uh. grows across the equator. So coffee only really grows where black and brown folks grow. Yeah. So they're the ones that uh. own the farms, are meticulously spending their time picking the cherries, processing in all of that stuff. As soon as they're there, now they go to 
washing stations where they mm-hmm. process it. So it's like, even though they own the farms, a lot of them don't own the washing station. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the second that any true profit can be made off of it, I right, a bunch of y'all got to get off of this train. Mm. So you look at the steps in the coffee supply train from farmers to processing to exporting to importing to tech to roasting the retailer. Wow. And by the time you get to the retail bag at the top of the train stop, right, you walk in to a coffee shop or if you're listening to this podcast right now, close your eyes, think of a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Who's behind the counter making your drink? Wow. Mm-hmm. What do they look like? Yeah. And chances yeah. are they probably don't look like me, yeah. right? That's the yeah. picture that comes to yeah. your mind. And with portrait, we said um, the fact that one person's picture or face would be the exclusive one that we that that comes to mind is a problem, especially since coffee originates right where black and brown folks do and so for me it was that's what got me into coffee Mm -hmm. i started to nerd out on it thought it was dope but as i would go and travel and speak across the country every every shop that i went into looked the same Mm -hmm. and i started to feel like hey there's nobody like me right that likes this like Mm -hmm. me and then i researched and i went into books and i found out oh snap coffee was actually discovered in Ethiopia, goat herder named Cowdy about a thousand years ago mm. saw that his goats were, yeah, crazy Going wild crazy. when they ate that, yeah, yeah, cherry. They learned this and it turned into this like global phenomenon. Wow. But the faces of the inventors were forgotten, wow. even though the pigment of the drink like reflected their own. And so we said, uh. yo, this is something that we can do. Like we can change the narrative. We can empower people mm-hmm. like us. And so we felt, all right, yeah, if we can break into the top, like, right, like let's become a dope retailer and then work our way back down the train uh-huh. system, then I think we can change this story and help to provide, like our main thing was, yo, I think we can help to provide jobs for the people that are here in the West End and like yep. start to change things. Yeah. Um, and we signed a five-year lease uh, wow. on our building, March 1st, 2020. Let's go. Yeah. 2020, right. do yeah. it. So it's like, yeah. yeah. March 1st, yeah. five-year <laughs> lease. <laughs> yeah, five-year lease. All right, man, we ready to go. We yeah. got the plan for the future. We gonna start this week. <laughs> Portrait coffee here in the West End. <laughs> and March 11th, the NBA... Cancel games, they yeah. shut down. And that was the point where we stepped back and said, they about to leave billions of dollars Same. on the table. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. March 12th, mm. the country shut down. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, if you're in the food service business, good luck. Yeah. And we're like, we actually ain't even in the business. We just signed a lease and we have no way to make money. And we're locked in for, for five years. Yeah. So at that point, we're mm-hmm. like, all right, yo, we were just going to roast to cut our cost of goods sold in half. And then we're like, yo, let's really lean into e-commerce and roasting and trying to build this brand, right? Huh. And so it was like, so it, so at the time, you know, it's me, Aaron Fender, who's our, like, you know, CEO, COO. 
operational Yoda yeah. guru. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Marcus Hollinger, who's um, our head of marketing. Um, I'm the storyteller, right? Y'all can mm. get a team. Let's talk about what we do here. <laughs> yeah. y'all, y'all do, and I'll talk about what we do, right? <laughs> My wife, who is a beast when it comes to interiors and design, mm. Aaron's wife. So Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, yeah. his wife is E-R-I-N. <laughs> Aaron uh. and Aaron. Her and Kyle were just amazing with the photography to capture a story. Wow. Khalid was the muscle. Like, so we just had this team and we're like, all right, let's lean in and let's tell dope stories about what we hope this could do in a context like this. Yeah. Mm. And it it was like in the providence of the Lord, um, while a global pandemic is terrible to start a coffee shop, it's actually ideal to start a coffee brand huh. in that people were used to, nah, I'm just going to spend my $5 on my burnt cup of coffee at Starbucks yeah. because it's what I've grown to love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm spending 25 bucks per week on Starbucks. As I drive into work and drive back, I would get into all of that home stuff, but I just don't have time because I'm on the road. Wow. And so it's like, all right, they're, they don't go to Starbucks, so they're saving $100 per month Wow. on, let's call it average coffee to be generous. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was really <laughs> nice. That was really nice. They're not spending an hour on the road in gas. They're mm-hmm. not spending... $150 in gas per month. Yeah. And so now it's like, oh, I got an extra $250 and an extra two hours of time. Mm. Yo, maybe I can pay $20 per month for a bag of coffee and learn how to spend the 10 minutes at home that it's going to take me. And they're like, oh, I actually like this. And it was mm. like, uh, all right, there's all of this coffee. Which one am I going to choose? What's the point of differentiation yeah. in a saturated market? And it's like, I really like their story. And uh, then it was like, a, and so it was, all right. Like, so then we went from that to, uh, you know, a 90-second spot on Good Morning America. Wow. <laughs> and then the protests uh, of this past year, yeah. right, the Rachel and West with the uh, uh, Mott Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and people weren't able to assuage their guilty consciences by getting out and immediately doing something. Mm. No, mm. you're locked away at home, so you have to learn. Wow. And you have to read. Wow. Mm. And what you find out is that John Dewey was right when he said a problem well-defined is a problem half-solved. Yes. So people start to read and they say, all right, let me really relearn. And it's like, oh, man, it is messed up what the United States did to black people with banks, that Mm -hmm. they were freed from slavery. Mm. And they were told, save your money in these banks so that uh, you can own land. And the banks would actually take money from black people, but they wouldn't loan them money. And it's like, (laughs) well, I can't ever buy a house if you don't loan me money. And then they gambled half of black wealth away on the railroads. The bubble burst. And now 
everybody knows who did it, and they're like, yo, sorry for your loss. We'll do better next time. Thousand mm. prayers. And then, you know, black people go off to war, and they fight for our country, right? The same way that everybody else does. But then when they come back and they try to cash in on their GI bills to go to school or to get homes, it's mm. nah, mm. we're not going to give it to people that look like you. This is where y'all get off of the train. Mm. And the story mm. that's going to be told is the greatest generation went and fought and they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and they did did this. It's no, they they went and fought got a salary, rightfully so, and then they came back and they got the help that they should have gotten. And right. then when they applied for homes, the FHA says, absolutely we'll give you a loan, whereas there's a group of people who did the exact same thing, mm. but they didn't get that. Mm. Now they're forced to live in ghettos mm -hmm. where their rent costs more than people that have the nice homes, but their conditions are worse. But the picture that comes to mind when you look at a community like that is why won't they just get it together? And we're mm. saying, nah, that's a picture that has to change. Mm. Mm. And so we're like, no, we're endeavoring to tell those stories. And it was like, as we told those stories, people mm. listened. As folks listened, they said, oh, y'all... Y'all's coffee is pretty dope too. It's tasty. <laughs> and so it was like, yeah, just in God's grace, it was a, oh, look, this is something that we can build up. And man, look, the West End is an opportunity desert, right? Google's, well, 10 years ago, Google would never come to the West End. Right. Apple's uh, not going to come to the right. West End. There's no, there are very few careers that you could get into and what we're saying is all right the opportunity desert of the west end i think that we could plant this coffee seed there mm. and grow not just a coffee shop but a coffee company mm. that now right less than a year later it's like uh no no we haven't just created jobs but yeah, to date, like we've created nah four careers. Like, no, mm -hmm. like y'all have y'all have income, y'all've got a pathway to growth, y'all've got health care, y'all've got opportunities to get involved and work your way down mm -hmm. the train. And 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 it's the type of thing where we're just getting started. But again, it was just a wow. Yeah. Man, that's so on a previous episode. Yeah. Um, we had conversations about exposure, right? Right, yeah. and how major exposure is. Yeah, because as I've said before, you—it's hard to be what you can't see. Yeah, right. And you talk about that—that that line, you know, that train track, yeah. so to speak, of coffee, right? Yeah. And even exposing other people to that train of thought. Yeah, pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> but like where you are and where y'all are located. You're kind of in a space, man, where like not only the people of that community, but there's also academic institutions yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. Like, so would you say more about like how that partnership works or how the impact of Spellman and Morehouse and Clark and Morris Brown and yeah. all that is right there? So right now it's aspirational. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like uh no, like, bro, like my house is less than a mile from the AUC, Clark, wow. Moore, House Spellman. Yeah. And so here's how that, that starts to change things. All right. 
you know, people are familiar with redlining and stuff like that, right? There's a guy. Say say more about redlining, okay. just in case our listeners aren't familiar. Um, it was the process by which cities were segregated. So here's the thing that you have to know about redlining. Willie Jennings says this best. When it comes to a city, geography is never an accident, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So as we look at how the city is laid out, it is not an accident that two-thirds of the black population in Atlanta live south of I-20. Mm-hmm. That did not happen by default, but by design, right? So you you can do this, right? Google, for those of y'all that live in ATL and, and you care, Google Atlanta redlining map 1930s. And you'll find this map where it's like the communities that are outlined in red are primarily black communities. The communities not in red or in green are white communities. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, banks would not appraise homes in red communities for what they were worth, nor would they loan money to Mm -hmm. people that were in those homes. But they would do that for the white communities. But instead of loaning money to these communities, do you know what they would do? They would build highways through them, right? Mm -hmm. And so picture if you're a business owner and you live across the street from your customers and all of a sudden they run a highway through that and now there's no clear pathway for people to get to people's town. Here in Atlanta. Yep. yep. So it's like this, right? Drive on the, the west side, go to I-20 West, take the Lee Street exit, and do you know what you'll find? Oh, if I turn right, the AUC is right there. Mm. If I turn left and cross 20, the West End. That was one community before a highway ran through it and disrupted that, right? So... Mm. So it's like when I say geography is not an accident, like in in the same way you found that map, the Atlanta redlining 1930s map, um, Google Atlanta census data 2010. Mm. And you know what you'll find out? Look at the demographics of the census map and compare it to the redlining map. And what you'll see is that they're the same map. Mm. Mm. So even though everybody that created the nefarious plan to redline Atlanta in 1930 is dead and gone by 2010, their intentions soared to heights that they never thought that it would be. And yeah, so all of that is to say, look, geography's not an accident. Mm. And like, it's not just like... Things didn't just get to be this way. Right. They were done. So things aren't just going to not be this way. They've got to be undone, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. one of the ways that we've, like, you know, a prayer has been, man, a place like the AUC is dope because you get people that come there. And what we get a chance to tell them is, no, no, listen, if y'all are like, man, I don't want to get in a coffee because I don't want to be in the food and beverage space. You're thinking too small. Mm. Mm. You're seeing the tip of the iceberg, right? 
globally each year, coffee's a quarter of a trillion dollar industry. Ooh, right? Man. So it's like, think of an industry in the world, and I can give you two degrees of separation to how coffee can get you in there. Wow. Huh. So we say, man, coffee's not just a product. Coffee's a platform to be able to do good. So it's less, do you like coffee? And it's more, yo, what do you want to do? Listen. Oh, tech? Listen. All right. People roast all this coffee in the, or or throughout the world. Um, The dominant, like, we roast coffee on a gas-powered machine, Mm -hmm. right? Um, All the coffee that folks drink and consume and roast, uh, it's not good for the carbon footprint. Right. You know, the person that can make the Tesla of coffee makers yeah, uh, mm. is going to not just be a wealthy person, but they are actually going to help save and preserve the environment for their kids. Do you wow. care about the environment? Yeah. Do you care about tech? Yeah. All right. If that's where you want to get on, let me show you how coffee is your ticket, right? Wow. Wow. So it just feels like there's a platform for us to be able to do good and to tell this story. And we want to Mm. put folks on that platform. And so right now, um, our first hire that was outside of our team, Zaria, who is at Spelman, passionate about women's studies and business and entrepreneurship. And it's like, all right, yo, Zaria, we kind of need help in this space. Let's create this role for you, but what do you want to do? And now convos with her are more so. No, what do you want to do? How can you ride this ticket yeah. of coffee to get there? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Dang. Well, it's cool you even bring up college students, and I, you know, I work in our college ministry yeah. living room. You're a you're a part of the TLR fam. You're <laughs> <That's it. laughs> very invested, which we are honored to have you a part of and um i mean you talk about the auc students yes that's that's a different level of student for sure when we you know have them as part of our leadership team and our small groups and things like that but it's cool to hear even just some of the um talks about okay yes you're starting a church right in this community yeah but what you said earlier, th- this community needs more than a church. Right. And when a church can certainly meet spiritual needs, because yeah. that is your cornerstone. Right. But you also have to meet practical needs. And Absolutely. that's something I think we as a team are always trying to figure out. How can we meet the practical needs of our students? Because, number one, that will further, I guess, their trust and right. their path to faith and discovery yeah. of um, Jesus, if that is what they're called to do, but it's also life giving. It can literally change their life, which it, I know you mentioned four careers have been started with portrait coffee so far, yeah. or, or at least yeah. maybe, probably more at this right? point. Yeah. I just know you mentioned four yeah. at some point and it sounds like this Spellman student like is one of those people. And yeah. I can imagine that that is the dream. Like these, these two things of having, your church, but then also all these practical needs that can needs that can be met, like the the marrying of the two, like yeah. how you can continue to grow that is just 
maybe the long-term goal, but I also don't want to speak for you. Like, what do you, what do you see as kind of the long-term goal moving forward for all of those components together? Yeah. So I think by way of illustration, one of the things that we talk about is like, um, we want to see this thing grow like from an acorn to Mm -hmm. an oak tree. Right. And what that is, is this like, so it's like this, like, um, you know, our, our faith or my faith and the works that I'm a part of are two different things in mm. one sense. Like it's like a, you don't have to, you don't have to believe what I believe about God and salvation and all of that in order for us to genuinely serve you, right? Like yeah, that's we are not yeah. like ensuring the sediment at the bottom of each cup of coffee uh, <laughs> forms into John three sixteen. So that as you get to the end of your cup, right? That's not what we're trying You're to. You're soaking it in. No, it's a, We want that to be a, a net positive to the community. You don't have an group. ulterior motive. No, faith, which we want to serve yeah. folks with, with that. Yes, but I will say there. So they're two different things, mm-hmm. but in the way that an acorn and an oak tree are two different things the oak tree is a product of that seed of faith right yeah. so our faith is really the seed that spr- that yeah sprouts this tree of mm-hmm. altruism that we hope right and so our hope is that man by planting this you know seed of coffee in the ground that it would sprout into an oak tree where people from the west end can sit in its shade and get some a place of like reprieve mm. from really the like the heat of the yeah, sun of oppression unfair yeah. practices that shine down on them yeah. and that that oak tree would launch other acorns that produce other oak trees and we want to see what Dang. we've done here like be reproduced that it, that in the same way it's uh like you know i used to love to draw when i was a kid but before i could really draw I would trace the heck out of something and people would come in and it's like, I'd have this independent picture that they're like, this is so dope. This is so impressive. Did you do that? And I'm like, well, yeah, but (laughs) but I actually did it because I had a good picture that I could trace. And what we're saying is we want to create a portrait and we want it. Yo, trace it if you want to, but we want you to produce things elsewhere. Man, you listen, bro. Uh, so you're like Nas. <laughs> so Nas, for those who are listening, is a hip hop artist, and he is amazing, and he is a he's a storyteller, yeah. and he paints pictures with his words, mm. and he is one of my favorite artists of all time because mm. he does that. And whenever we're in the same space, yes. I love the way that you you paint vivid pictures oh, thank you. with the yes. imagery, right? yeah. like it helps people understand right. what is going on and what you're trying to say. So bro. clear. Um, well, shoot, man. Like, so this is, I want to ask this question and then uh, I want to do a segment okay. that we call Yay or Nay for the A. Okay. Where you'll get a chance to yay one Atlanta based thing okay. and nay another Atlanta based thing. All right. Are, um, are, are, are y'all going to provide the prompts or yep, I just I got get you. To, oh, I, right, got cool. you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I was like, varsity <laughs> A. Yep. Bet you. I got you, bro. So, but this question right here What are you currently reading and or listening to? Okay. That our listeners should listen I, to or read. All right. Um, 
Let me see. What am I currently reading? Uh, or just a, a book or something that you've heard. Yeah, yeah. That so if you want to know more about, like, there's, uh, all right, there's one book that's super helpful. Uh, Mirsa Baradaran, hmm. M-E-H-R-S-A. She's a uh, law professor at Stanford. Okay. Um, her book is called The Color of Money, yep. Black Banks mm. and the Racial Wealth Gap. Yes. And that's just good. Like, it's good. Like, no, these are facts, dates, time, like things that can be fact-checked. Yeah. And, 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 and it just gives you a history in terms of, mm. all right, she just starts off, yo, when slaves were freed from slavery, uh, they controlled something like half of 1% of uh, American wealth. Today, black people, I think, have like one and a half percent of wealth. Wow. So it's like, wait a minute. Where does that, yeah, why is that gap so big? Why has it stayed so big? And she does a good job of saying, all right, don't be content with simplistic Mm. solutions. Really go back and, um, yeah. That's good. That's Um, good. That book is on my wish list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to check that out. So uh, we're going to give you two choices. Okay. You're going to yay the one that you are going to choose that yeah. you like, and you're going to nay yeah. the other one. All right? So, yeah. Pay, what you yes. got? Pay, uh, yes. doing yay or nay for the A. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's my personal segment. <laughs> okay. um, well, obviously, you have a daughter, yeah. Ava. So this might help direct your answer to this. Okay. But do y'all like the zoo? Or do y'all like the aquarium more? Ah, uh, that's a cool. It's that yay and nay, brother. Um, <laughs> yay for the aquarium, <laughs> nay for the Atlanta Zoo. Okay. Got it. All right, respect. Wait, so what zoo? You got another zoo in your mind. I see it. Uh, I see it in a, your eyes. I grew up in Houston. Okay. H-Town. <laughs> Our zoo puts Man. this one our Respect. zoo makes this one look like Respect. a yeah yeah petting zoo. They got the little red pandas, man. They got the red pandas. The there. aquarium yeah. is dope. Next so, level. Yeah, That's yeah, fire. yeah, yay for that. No. Next level. No, All right. So Ava right. loves the aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Let's try this right here though. <laughs> uh how about this? Waffle House or JR Crickets? Oh. Yay or nay? Waffle House or J.R. Crickets? So the rules of this game, I have to say yay to one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to. You, If you feel a nay, nay-ish, yeah, we can I name both of them. I think I'm on well, We're going to name both of them. Okay, yeah. Okay, what's all If right. I had to choose. Yeah, yeah. J.R. Crickets? All right, know? okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I got a sense of the well, stomach. It, it, it's an Atlanta <laughs> institution. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm yeah. with that. All right, all right, all right. What about this one? Since that one's kind of a yayish, okay. yayish. Let's go. Uh, the High Museum, uh huh, or the Atlanta History Museum. Oh, uh, yay for the High Museum, nay for the Atlanta History Museum. Because I've never been to the Atlanta History Museum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you've listen. just only seen it. I've hey, seen it. I'm gonna yeah. tell you though, low, low key is dope though. Okay, like, yeah, I should change. Yeah, word. yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, you can't. You know, uh, it's your right. experience. You know, yeah, like, I you gotta know, go. It's your lived experience. So we yeah. just gotta get you Nate, to the Atlanta yeah, History. Yeah, yeah, yay and abstain. <laughs> <laughs> It's dope, though, man. I like the Atlanta History Museum. Pepe, what you got? 
Yes. Let's. Okay. So on some, you know, Atlanta, I guess, landmarks and fun places. What okay. about parks? Piedmont Park or Centennial Park? I have a confession. I feel like he's so pained with every answer. It's hard. <laughs> What's a confession, I have a confession. Go ahead. I don't like the outside. All right. Huh. Respect. I think the best usefulness <laughs> of outside <laughs> is that it's on its way to inside. <laughs> I treat but outside about- like no, 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 no. I I treat I treat outside like a hallway. I I, I use it to I'm get not, to where I'm going. I'm not mad at that. But I don't linger I'm not outside mad. at all. I'm not mad. Well, at what all. about the whole? We got the oak tree and we're. Getting shade That's a metaphor. Once again, <laughs> now I can talk about. There's lots of things that I can talk. Man. Yeah, I can yeah. talk about fighting. Right, yeah. I've, I've I've got boxing uh, analogies for days. There that. it goes. I I haven't been in a fight since seventh grade. I respect that, Richard brother. Love, huh? but I want <laughs> it though. But, Richard yeah. Love, if you you're got listening, them hands, man. <laughs> he didn't want to smoke. John won. Whoever uh, won, it. John man, won. Richard Love. Sorry about that, but so no other park questions. Piedmont Park right. would be a. Right. I okay. think I've been, I've endured that one more Respect. than Piedmont Park. Respect. Right. You've endured it. Last one right here. Okay. Okay. Last one. Sorry. And then, so right. we, I'm gonna give you this one, and then I want you to tell the people how they can reach you and how they can get more information about Portrait Coffee, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, all right, here you go. Outcast or Goody Mob. Outcast. Look at that. So you, wow. yeah. That, I mean, that was easy. That outcast, was the least yeah. painful yeah. one for you. I mean, it was. I mean, but <laughs> you don't know CeeLo was supposed to be an outcast? Yep. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, technically, yeah. outcast. I, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. That, that's pretty special. Yeah. All right. Fantastic, brother. That is JNA for the A. John, bro, thank you, man. Thank you. This has been fun, brother. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, so I, fun. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to continuing to partner with Portrait and you and Absolutely. Cornerstone and all the stuff, man. Yeah. And, Tell our listeners how they can uh, get in touch with you or uh, Portrait Coffee. Yeah, um, at Portrait Coffee on Instagram. That's the best way for Perfect. Portrait or online. Go to Portrait.Coffee. Um, Twitter for me, just at John O-J-A-W-N-O. Not because that's how I spell my name, but because... <laughs> The traditional name was already taken by the time I got <laughs> off Twitter. Uh, so I had to find something like Philly, new. Man. Yeah. It's probably Richard Love who took it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, he's trying, he's trying to get back at yeah, you. Yeah, he uh, still, yeah, he's still salty. Bro, thank you, man. Right. This is, uh, yeah. Like, the thing is, and I'm going to say this and then we can get out of here. Right. I don't even drink coffee. Right. Like, straight up. But Me I, I have had a little of the portrait coffee. Okay, come on. Straight up. And it is, for a person that doesn't like coffee... It slaps. Yeah, that's good. We yeah, it I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I want to like coffee because of you. Yeah, oh, sure. I got you. <laughs> I've been known to make many a convert. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, brother, thank you so oh, much, thank man. You, man. So glad. And uh, we look forward to, to working together in the future. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to the For Atlanta podcast. We hope that you learned and loved Atlanta a little bit more today than you did before. 
For more information, check out foratlanta.com. And if you know someone that is loving on Atlanta well, or somebody that we should have a conversation with or get to know who is doing incredible things in the city, please have them slide into our DMs on Instagram at Buckhead Church. And as always, please make sure to like and subscribe on all platforms where podcasts are offered.